there's no take backs right you can't undo famous and for years people are going to remember the story and some people for many many years it's been fresh for you the last four five six weeks about getting you know bombarded with people asking you how you've been handling it i think there were so many other things on my mind right after you know and most of it was was my wife you know making sure she was all right if i really did my homework in baja uh you know i would really be able to run very fast pace in certain parts of the course and i caught one of these legends in that part of the course where i had a lot of knowledge about that particular area and when we caught those iguanas <laughs> you said hold it and i was telling him he put so much confidence that if he told me to wrestle a crocodile yeah <laughs> i would wrestle the crocodile because this guy is the best because if the person that believes in you knows what he's doing he's there to back you up if you don't do it now you will regret it for the rest of your life Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Money Mondays. This is a very special edition because we're only going to talk about money a little bit. We're going to talk about brand a little bit, and we're going to talk about defending your household, defending your life, why training is important, everything between. And normally we only have one guest. You know what's better than one guest? Two guests. And both of our dear friends of mine, both of them had tens of millions of views, hundreds of millions of views, one of them for one in particular video that you guys have probably seen in the last month. The other one, he's been on everything from shooting guns, racing freaking motocross and bikes and Baja 1000s and all the cool things you've seen online. And so both of them have done a lot of content that we have watched over the years. Tarzan getting over 200 million views a month across social media. Just this last 10 days, 225 million views because he decided to go on this fancy trip and start wrestling with anacondas and we'll get into that a little bit later. Typically we talk about three core topics, how to make money, how to invest money, how to give it away to charity. We're only going to do a little bit of that today because of our guests. First, we have Mr. Vince Ritchie. Vince has built up Hubble Studio, where I've been throwing my elevator nights for the last decade. Vince and I have co-founded a charity called Trina's Kids Foundation literally 10 years ago. Today, actually, is the 10-year anniversary. We just wrapped up a 10-city toy drive, all for our 10-year anniversary. We're sitting in the parking lot of Dragon's Lair Gym, where we just completed all 10 cities. Right next to him. Mr. BJ Baldwin, you guys have seen BJ on social media for many, many years, whether you saw him jumping over things off of huge dirt ramps or you saw him shooting things really, really quickly because he's one of the faster shooters there is. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to do the longest intro of all time for no, you guys. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's just so fun that you're both Appreciate here at the it. same time. All right, guys. So the way it works is we're going to have you each do a quick two-minute bio, and we're going to get straight to our topic. So, Vince, start us off. Two minutes. So two minutes, basically... Um Came to LA about 11, 10 years ago exactly. One of the first people I sat down with was Mr. Dan Fleshman, Fleshman. And literally he was the reason why I started everything. He was the reason why I was able to start Hubble, the reason why I was able to start training his kids. And uh, not saying this because I'm on the show with you, but that was, he, he's so optimistic and he believes that it could happen that it put the belief in me, you know, coming from the Bronx, New York. I always thought everybody was against me. Everything was against me. I was never going to be able to work. I only knew one life. And it was only going to lead to negative outcomes, you know, coming to L.A. and believing this was going to happen and ended up happening. And then I started Hubble, uh, became a full production studio with 44,000 square feet in downtown L.A. under Hubble Studios, Hubble Agency. And we run multiple CPG brands, uh, beauty company, coffee company, cannabis company, multiple companies we run, develop all the assets for and all within the help of Dan and a group of good, good friends that understand exactly what you talk about on the show. BJ Baldwin, two minute bio so we can get straight to the money. 
my name is BJ Baldwin. I run a competitive um, motorsports company. It's kind of a digital marketing company disguised as a motorsports company, but I do long distance off-road racing, uh, the Baja 1000, the 500. I've got uh, eight season points championships, wow. and I'm also a um, very competitive uh, shooter in, in the world of uh, personal defense and self-defense and concealed carry. And I've been in uh, off-road motorsports for about 18 years. Wow. The real Tarzan. I never get the full bio. Why don't you do a quick bio here? Slide the mic over there. Real Tarzan. Name's Michael Holston. Um, I'm from Rhode Island, the smallest state in the United States. Uh, I've been around the world, 30 different countries. Um, started working with animals since I was a little kid. I worked in zoos and hung out with chimpanzees and wild orangutans and swam with sharks and whales and normal stuff normal stuff <laughs> amass millions of followers on social media hang out with different tribes around the world you know i'm a brother of uh 10 siblings i'm the oldest um yeah man i live in california and in miami and uh we share a, a property uh we're neighbors <laughs> literally <laughs> inside the same fence um we have about 200 animals at home and uh yeah man it's uh it's a cool thing to be a part of a podcast like this and be a student and learn about all different types of things from money to charities to investing in yourself and your future all right vince just last month we've all seen this video at least 150 million views now and growing you've been on almost every major national television station <laughs> news channel and everything between um, and everyone has a different version of it from you know cnn says one thing fox says another the way they portray the situation let's walk through the main concept of it and then what happens when you start to get that type of fame of something so, I don't want to say controversial, but such an important topic in the industry. Well, you know, simply put, I was coming home from a long day at the gym and work, and I was walking in the house, and two guys attempted to break in my house, and we all know right now in the current climate of things, and people not making money, these are crimes of opportunity. People are trying to come in. And because we put ourselves in a position in most states that people don't have guns and aren't carrying guns, no one is defending themselves so the expectation that someone will fight back isn't there you know they, they, they're not expecting that so I just happened that day to be carrying like most days and had my earpods on they ran up immediately my adrenal response which a lot this guy taught me after the fact because you know the next day he was there full support helped me was able to slow down time and think my wife my baby the other people that are in my house and the option of letting them in was way outweighed the option of dying if I defended myself. So I chose second option, defend myself, and I survived. And then, you know, now fast forward five weeks later, everyone, people stop. I mean, I've been with you for two weeks. How many times have I been stopped? <laughs> yeah. we, we checked in the hotel. People, the guy was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Well, people are recognizing you now. Oh, like, my God. Oh, yeah. The airport, everywhere. And That's rad. And I think that, you know, this is not the way I wanted people to recognize me, if, even if that was something I've ever wanted, which I, I don't know if that was. But each one was commending you. I will say that. Whether we're at the Mandalay Bay, whether at the Four Seasons, we're at the airport check-in or the baggage person, there was not one person with any type of off reaction. It was like, I commend you or I agree with you or I hope you get your CCW back, et cetera. I didn't see one 
Yeah, and he's he's influenced. You may not want this attention. I didn't want that attention either. But uh, for you to have this event happen and have the success that you did and keeping you and your family safe, that helps influence other people to pay attention in the, in the current climate, in the current world right now, where it's like a little bit more mayhem than it, it was in the last decade because of everything that's going on. So it's really nice that you know, you're able to do uh, some of the things that you've done since then to help bring awareness that, you know, this world's not all buckets of sunshine and, and rainbows yeah. at times. You got to take care of yourself. Yeah. And, and, and it is the approach that, you know, we have a submissive mentality that is growing, a genre that's growing. And, and it's a sissy mentality in certain ways that, you know, we, we emasculate masculine, we emasculate men and we call it toxic masculinity if men stand up for themselves. And I think there's a, a big separation between toxic, actual toxic masculinity and defending your family and providing a safe haven and a home. And uh, that's all I was trying to do was, was provide a safe home. And but now speaking up for our Second Amendment, speaking up, you know, this is the greatest country in the world. This is the greatest country that you could have a podcast have a guy like Dan who, if, if you really knew how many things, how many obstacles this guy overcame, how many businesses he's overcame when you took your company public and everything, it is a constant grind. It's like working out every single day, every day in, day out, never taking a break. We live in the greatest country in the world that gives you the chance to do that. Now, it also gives you a chance to arm yourself. You have to activate those rights. You have, you have to defend yourself because if you don't, you know, seconds matter, police are minutes away. Most of the police want to defend you, they can't. You know? And the truth is, I will speak up till my last day about the Second Amendment and actually defending yourself because your family does count on that. I mean, you would agree to that. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for the Second Amendment, I would be fertilizer right now as you know and most of you obviously all you guys know and maybe some people some of the listeners don't know but i was in a, in a civilian engagement between uh an armed perpetrator three years ago so i've already been i've already seen this movie and i see what happens in the aftermath and all the people that are trying to approach you and you know trying to get uh unfortunately in certain circumstances some some people are trying to get value out of the situation capitalize on uh, your unfortunate event and I was there the, the next day, like, yeah. you know, we, we had mutual friends and we became friends like really, really quickly. And, uh, it was good to have the opportunity to have a connection to where I could help, you know, uh, get you through all that stuff in, in a time where you still have a, a certain amount of adrenaline and trying to, you know, kind of try, even though you're really calm and, you know, really strong guy trying to figure out all these different phone calls that you're getting over the next four or five days. And you, you know what, uh, to it, I think to attest to everything about this podcast, about teaching people about money and this being the greatest country in the world, you know, this is a guy I looked up to. This is a guy who I built a truck around because right. I would Thanks, watch him drive. And then they're like, oh, do you want, do you want to talk to BJ on the phone? And I said, oh, what the hell does he want to talk to me about? You know, I know this guy's like, yeah, what's up, bro? You're alive. All right. You know, good luck. And hang up the phone. We talked for an hour. He's like, you know what, man? Uh, well, I want to make sure they don't that, that that video goes good tomorrow and they get the right story. I'm going to drive out from Vegas and stay with you. And all of a sudden, he's at my house sleeping over and walking me through and training me. And I'm like a sponge. I'm retaining this guy's 20 years of armed experience of learning everything about the sport. And I'm like, like I'm sinking every ounce of it in. It's not like a you know I'm trying to drink water out of a fire hose. It's like I slowed the fire hose down and I'm trying to take every drop of it. 
and I, I literally left when you left so fortunate to say, wow, I came from the Bronx, New York, from not a broken home because I would never call it that, but uh, other people may say that, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't victimize myself. But to see the people I've, I've looked up to, the people I looked as visionaries as idols, now helping me, staying in my house, you know, working with you, sitting here with Tarzan, with the whole world is DM me. Yo, you know Tarzan? You know what I mean? <laughs> and this guy, I'm like, this is the greatest place on earth. It really is. Like a kid from the Bronx that comes from, you know, that type of home that could to do all these things. And I survived. So I'm going to ask each of you this question because each of you have had hundreds of millions of views. Tarzan does it consistently with animals. BJ's had it for sports, guns, that huge situation that happened with the news. Like a lot of things that have happened. And then Vince, most recently, last month, this situation, who knows how many views it's had because it's gone so viral on so many different platforms. I'm going to ask each of you this very similar question. We'll start with Tarzan. When people approach you, how do you interact with them? How do you deal with it? Especially when a lot of times it's the similar questions about the similar topic over and over and over. When I first started getting people to come up to me, it was freaky, you know, because I come from an area where <laughs> don't just walk up to me. You don't bro. walk up to people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a wild thing. And um, I we had we had talked about it a couple of times when we were working out because um, uh, me and Vince hanging out and people were coming up to me in the gym. And I had a I had a situation some years ago where I got in a fight with a guy. And guns were involved and so on and so forth. Anyways, um, after that, in my mind, I went back to, I got, I got really comfortable with people coming up to me in the beginning. And then when I had a situation happen, I got on back to my street mentality, back to my street mode. So everybody that was coming up to me or anybody making eye contact with me, it, it became like a mental nuisance. You know, I was on defense and I'm like looking at people like getting ready to, you know, knock a guy out. My adrenaline response was just the hair in the back of my neck was up. You know, but it was just people coming up for a selfie or, you know, someone t trying to say hi. Or, oh, man, you're my inspiration. Or I got a gecko because of you. And in my mind, I'm like, yo, this guy's trying to rob me. This guy's trying to you know, do something. And I started bringing my dog with me everywhere. And my dog is actually what kind of made, made like me come barrier. back. Yeah, it, it brought me back to civilization versus trying to be a a, a defensive animal, you know. And um, uh, once I got out of that, that traumatic thing out of my mind, I had to like really truly appreciate the people coming up as which it is the truth they changed my life these, these these fans these followers people that support me and share my videos or watch my content they helped me travel around the world and see animals and you know help me pay for my bills or help me feed my animals or help with my family so I always take in people every time I see them I never refuse a photo unless I'm like in a bathroom somewhere or a fucking strip club or something you know but other than that, like I'm always taking photos of people. I never say no. I'm always happy to engage with somebody, you know. And um, I hardly, if any time, ever get anything negative, you know. And I think with the last time I got in an issue, people like I probably not a guy you want to <laughs> fuck with, you know. And I'm not trying to be a tough guy or anything, but like I respect everybody. I re I, I expect respect in return. Or my dog will bite you, you know. So that's where that barrier. <laughs> that's where that barrier comes from. But I, I love it, man. So BJ, when people come up to you, they're asking either about you know car-related things, gun-related things, etc. How do you deal with it when that happens? You know, uh, I I've had that obviously for a very long time from you know doing so well in, in uh, off-road motorsports and and being able to beat pe people that I looked up as like Superman, like for sure. You know, people that had really successful off-road uh, careers 
And I was very, a uh, very long time ago entering the scene where all these people were winning all these races and I viewed them as Superman and now all of a sudden I'm ripping their cape off and like, you know, sticking my foot up their butt, you know, right. like fucking kicking, kicking these guys ass in embarrassing fashion. Whereas, uh, most of, most of that interaction, if I'd really did my homework in Baja, uh, you know, I would really be able to run very fast pace in certain parts of the course. And I caught one of these legends in that part of the course where I had a lot of knowledge about that particular area. I could run up on them pretty fast. And I focused on certain areas as it relates to pre-running, getting to know certain areas where I can harvest time and do very, very well. Certain areas I struggled with, but uh, that's when I started to get a lot of notoriety is when I was beating people that were legends in the sport as a, as a young man. And I was, I was kind of like that, you know, with people starting to come up to me, you know, a long time ago where I was like, yo, why is this, why is this person looking at me? You know, this is very strange and off putting and you, you, you kind of get used to it after a while. But at first it is like that. It's a little bit alarming. Like I don't recognize this person. They've been staring at me for 15 minutes across the room, not knowing that they're just trying to work up the courage to be like, yo, yeah, yeah. you're awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know, can I get a photo with you? Can I get a picture with you? People will like FaceTime like their brother or something like that, man. Yeah. Say hi to my, say hi to my brother. He's a big fan. He loves you and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, it, it takes some getting used to it first when you're first entering the public eye and and uh now recently you know in the last three years everybody's asking me about uh you know handgun selection uh internal external terminal ballistics is something that i've really studied for the last three years and they're always asking me questions about you know what projectile do i run and 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 what ammunition do i carry in my carry gun because i i shoot at a very very high level i've i've been able to do four rounds from concealment in under a second at five yards of c-zone target which not very many people have been able to do that and uh so people have seen that and they've seen my scenario where somebody picked uh, a gunfight with somebody that's been studying gunfights for 15 years and obviously that didn't that worked out well for me unfortunately i wish it never happened but if it had to happen you know in the universe i'm glad it happened to somebody that could deal with that right. in, in a very safe manner um but uh yeah people come up to me now for those two reasons for both racing and and as as well as firearms knowledge and, and stuff like that but entering the scene early on to have a very very successful career right away in off-road racing to where i was beating these legends um it was very strange for me at first to have people coming up to me and wanting to get pictures and you know, be like really fanboying out. It was, it was, uh, it's not, I mean, it's cool. I'm grateful, but because of those people, I'm able to run a successful program, sure. uh, motorsports program to where, uh, I get to say that this is my job, that trophy truck racing is my job. But at the same time, it, it comes at a price having all these people, uh, that you've never seen before come up to you and want a picture and stuff like that. It takes some getting used to. So Vince, you've built a big business for years and years and years, but you've always stayed behind the scenes on purpose. Now you've been thrust into the limelight and there's no take backs, right? You can't undo famous. And for years, people are going to remember the story and some people for many, many years. It's been fresh for you the last four, five, six weeks about getting you know bombarded with people asking you to pick your brain about it, ask you questions about it, congratulate you and everything in between. How have you been handling it? Um, 
I think there were so many other things on my mind right after, you know, and most of it was, was my wife, you know, making sure she was all right. You know, like we talked about, you know, the next day I drove down to see you and spoke at Operation Black Site um, because you asked me to come down and, and, you know, I wanted the little two hours by myself in the car. And then, you know, with you coming to see me, I, I had so much support that I was comfortable with talking about what happened. I was uh, confident with what happened with the decision that I made. So I wasn't really worried, but it is strange because, you know, I catch people looking at me. I was in the gym the other day and three guys, are, like tattoos, bigger guys looking, looking, and he looks around. The guy looks around the pole to see if I'm still there. And I'm like, oh my God. Normally, it's like, <laughs> like oh, I got to fight with these three guys. You I'm spoke like, oh. the next, sorry to interject, but you spoke the next day after you got in a gunfight. The very next morning, the, uh, 12 hours later. That's like the most gangster ranch. stuff. I've, I don't know if I can cuss on this. Can't get, that's he's the most gonna, gangster shit yeah. I've ever heard. You didn't yeah. tell me that. That's super. I seen you that night, that next night. Oh, I think yeah. You spoke the next yeah. night you came. That's that's pretty gnarly. Yeah, well, uh, so we, we played the video. So we have Operation Black Site with Tim Kennedy, Bedros Koulian, Ray Cashcare, Michael Chandler, and we're all, Tim Grover, we're all at the ranch. And I got, you know, 50 guys that are getting trained about how to shoot guns, how to fight from a guy like Michael Chandler. How to go through these things, you know, go through the experience with Operation Black Site. So we're all on the phone with Vince because we're all and we're all like showing each other the video and like analyzing it. And these guys, I don't, I can't analyze like they can't obviously. They're telling me like, oh, look, he did it 1.4 seconds and he did this and he did this and like, and they're all geeking out about it because it's fun, right? As yeah. You, guys, you know, for guys that are deep in the game like you are, BJ, like it's fun to analyze and watch it. Something in real life like that, protecting the household. And so I'm talking to Vince. I was like, yo, let's surprise them. We have 50 guys here that are getting trained. That's surprising. We'll show them your video. We'll have these guys analyze your video, and then boom, we'll bring you up on stage. And that's exactly what we did. And Vince showed up, you know, the very next morning after such an intense scenario, where especially the video went viral that next morning. Yeah. Like one guy posted at first. Vince was like, I'm not going to post it. We all talked about it, like, oh, he's not going to post it. You know, some people know about it, etc. But one guy posted it. That got like three million views by the morning, and three million turned into 30, turned into hundreds so quickly anyways and so that morning was fresh you know it's still so fresh on his mind so that speech was nobody wanted it to stop we were asking questions for like 45 minutes you know like because it was real life yeah and I, I think that the fact that everybody that invited me down I have so much confidence in you know Tony Blau one of them like I've been looking up this guy for so long yeah. like he reminds me of Tony yeah he reminds me of my father like I'm reading the book on combat right now they talk about him and he and, and you and other people and Tim Kennedy, everybody that was there, I'm like, these are people that I, I respect. And if I was going to lean into anybody for advice, it would be right there. So I, I looked to the people that I was getting advice from. And, you know, a big part of this show and a big part of, you know, pursuing success and different things is leaning into the people immediately that can support you and can give you good advice. And that would deters you from making bad decisions from good decisions. You know, I wanted to come talk to you. I want to see, like, how do I handle this situation? Talk to them. Did I do the right thing? How did it went? Uh, not that I needed to, you know, because, you know, I'm a father, I'm a, I'm a husband, and I vowed to do the right thing. But it did it did give me some support. And, and as a man, you could lean into other people that you respect for support. But now when people come up to me, I feel an obligation to speak up about the Second Amendment, to speak up about activating your rights, and to, to show that this is the greatest country in the world. And, and, I, and I, I believe it in my heart, I believe in my core. Like, I am an American, I'm an Italian-American. I'm proud to be from the Bronx, New York. I'm proud to be Italian, but I'm more proud to be an American citizen. 
with the rights that we have and giving it. Now, California isn't the best place to give you the rights, but <laughs> that's not what we're going to talk about. You know, hopefully they give it back. Hopefully they're listening. But we are in America. And if people want to come over, they're more than free to come over to me as long as they don't try to run down on me in front of my house. You know, happy with anything. Tony, Tony must have loved the drink tactic. The drink in the face. Oh, yeah. He loved, he loved that. that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Throwing yeah. a drink and then drawing and engaging. But, but studying uh, defense and studying these things, it's like everything at that moment, you know, your sympathetic nervous system kicks in and every it pulls from every ounce of everything that anyone's ever taught me how I listened to it. Even Tim Kennedy at the first Operation Black Site said, your mission is not to kill. Your mission is not to be a hero. Your mission is to protect your family. And if you get killed, you fail your mission. If you do something to go to jail, you fail your mission. If you let them in the house, you fail your mission. You know, and all that came to mind immediately. Was it really fast or was it really slow when it all happened? Slow. Slow, like like I thought it was gonna be embarrassing slow. Like where I didn't even watch want to watch the video back because I was like, Oh, I'm gonna look like an idiot. It's gonna be terrible. <laughs> you did fantastic. Yeah. Brother. And I was like, This is gonna be so I'm gonna be stolen looking back, thinking, should I hit him with a drink? Should I not hit him with a drink? And it happened so fast that I was like, oh, my God, I won. And I'm happy those guys survived. You know what I mean? The one guy got hit, but I'm happy that they survived because hopefully they move on and they do something else. You know, I've been there, been in the street before, and I chose a better path for my life because I was given opportunity. Now, if you don't believe opportunity is out there, you're not going to go for it. But when I met you, the biggest thing that people don't realize about why Dan is so successful, besides the fact that he's, he's extremely intellectual, is that he's an optimist. He believes that it can happen. And he continues to keep trying, no matter how much we fail. And, you know, we both come from disenfranchised areas. And you believe, this isn't going to happen. It's not, it's not for me. You know I mean? It's not, you know, I'd rather just, you know, I'll stay, in the, I'll stay in the corner. Nobody wants to take a picture of me. Nobody wants to do this. Like, I'll, I'm, I'm fine. But this guy believes. And then he makes me believe. And I'm like, well, then I guess I could do it, you know, and it's exactly the scenario. When we caught those iguanas, <laughs> you said, hold it. And I was telling him, he put so much confidence that if he told me to wrestle a crocodile, yeah. <laughs> I would wrestle the crocodile because this guy is the best. Yeah. And if he said, go wrestle it, I'd be like, all right. And I wouldn't have trepidation and I wouldn't have fear and I wouldn't stall on the door because if the person that believes in you knows what he's doing and he's there to back you up, if you don't do it now, you will regret it for the rest of your life. And I would regret it for the rest of my life not grabbing that iguana. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's switch topics to about brands. So, BJ, you've had different endorsement deals with brands over the years. Mm -hmm. Seems like most of the brands you've worked with, there's like two, three, four core ones you've worked with for the, the longest time. How do you choose the brands that you're willing to put your face, your likeness, your time, your energy into, besides the money part, that you actually want to stand behind and support? Uh, well, you know, I'm not... Uh I'm not like most of my peers in, as it relates to off-road racing. I'm, I'm not vanilla. I'm very, very colorful. And, you know, I, I say what I mean. I say what I want. I'm very unfiltered. So I have to have uh, a brand that's okay with me having the freedom that I want to have to say whatever I want on social media, regardless of whatever topic it, it might be. And I've had partnerships in the past that uh, that I've lost because I refused to to change. You know, I had I had a UTV company years ago that uh, you know would, they paid me very well and they sent me several units, several UTVs, and I had one of them as like a, a range 
buggy that I had all my C-Zone steel targets on, all my USPCA targets on. And I would use that to go train. I typically, at the time, I was training like three or four days a week because I was trying to reach that benchmark of firing four rounds from concealment in under a second, which is very hard. I don't recommend trying that. Um, so the, I, had, uh, I had that range buggy that I would use and I would make content around that uh, to promote the system, to promote that unit and that company. And then, you know, somebody that... Uh, was having a lot of trouble, decided to hurt a bunch of people, and then I couldn't use that anymore. So I didn't, I, I don't like, I really, really dislike the idea in this country that there's a certain amount of, uh, a certain type of, of people that don't know enough about one side versus the next. Like the, the people that will use a firearm to go hurt other people and the people that are willing to die to keep a complete stranger safe like if something happens in in the grocery store and somebody comes in there with a with a rifle and starts burning people down uh i'm going to be the first one to put 115 grain uh fluid man fluid transfer monolithic hollow point to into their memories you know i'm willing to do that to save other people and to be put in kind of the same category as as the people that have serious problems the evil people as somebody that's willing to like this is not comfortable this is very big it's not comfortable it's part of my wardrobe my gun is part of my wardrobe the people that are willing to make that part of their wardrobe every single day uh to preserve blood pressure you know in in themselves or somebody that they love mostly for somebody that they love in case they have a scenario like i did several years ago um you know those people are not in any way shape or form have anything in common and the fact like with that particular company um they didn't want me to use my training sessions as like an event to promote the product and and talk about this cool vehicle that i built specifically catered toward towards uh combat pistol training and balance speed and accuracy because of this event that happened you know 2500 miles away with some psychopath uh, so I ended up parting ways with that company and, and building a relationship with a, a different UTV company that, that I was able to work with and recognize who I am, the things that I like to do, and that I can be my own, you know, kind of, a, kind of influencer or athlete without having to change anything. So that's, I always like partnering with companies that, you know, I align with and, and the activities that I do and how I live my life is not something that's con conflicting with them. So that's very, very important. Are there certain brands like First Form and Black Rifle? Who are the main brands you're working with currently? Main, the main brands, my title right now is uh, Black Rifle Coffee and First Form is Tier 2. And then I have uh, some endemic uh, motorsports uh, companies like, uh, you know, King Shocks, Ultra Wheels, Rigid Industries. Um, but Black Rifle Coffee and First Form, they, they are people that I align with. I really look up to Evan Hafer and, and uh, Matt Best and JT and everybody at Black Rifle. I'm really, really good friends with them. But I, I also uh, really good friends with everybody at, at First Form. I really look up to Andy Frisilla and Sal and everybody over there. They're like, they are our people. They're mm -hmm. family. They're rad people. And we've been friends for a long time, so it was really cool for us to to get to work together. Are we are we picking up trauma snoring underneath the table? <laughs> We're Am in the I that home, boring? It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the dog's heard the story before. So so yeah, I I really appreciate. You know, I'm, I feel very lucky to be able to work with uh, companies like that, 
and we share, you know, some of the, the same interests and, and we get to work together and uh, I get to run my motorsports program representing those brands. Yeah. We just did our toy drive in St. Louis at the First Form headquarters, quarter of a million square foot headquarters. Yeah. Then we walked across the street, there was another 200,000 square foot. And then, one. and then there's another 200,000. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what's cooler than one warehouse? Three warehouses. All right, Vince, you've, bu- you've built up big warehouses as well in the cannabis industry. You've also, with Hubble Studio, have 44,000 square feet. Talk us through the brand side. You've, your brands are so clean cut. It's mostly white with black lettering. Like It's visual and clean. Like, uh, Tell us about brand and why brand is so important. I, I, think, I think people don't realize that you know, the brand is a culture. And when you travel and you go to different tribes and you work with them, there's distinguishing marks and markings and people and cultural things and, and how they inhabitate that area. And you know where you are. When, when you look at a brand, you should know the feeling it gives you, what it gives you. And uh, we talked about this with SDK before in um, Las Vegas. It's been around 15 years. It, you've developed so many memories there that, you know, part of that culture is the history that it's had and the memories it's created. So when it comes to Hubble Studio, we focus on hospitality first, that it's a feeling, it's a, it's an engagement with the client that we make them feel so vulnerable. They come in to create. So when they see these distinguishing markings and Hubble and it's so communicated through the place on our clothing for everybody that's worn. I've had every celebrity from you know Cardi B to Kylie Jenner to Justin Bieber, you name it, they've worn Hubble Studio stuff. And I focused on less on the apparel because the apparel was just reflective of that. It was just part of it. But And I never thought I was going to be in clothing, but I could just make stuff and people would wear it. But I focused on the hospitality aspect. There was no place like Hubble. Milk Studios I respect to, to the end of the day. You know, and they've been around for 30 years. I've been around for 10. When I built Balance, when I came in to rebrand other companies, I looked at it the same way I looked at Hubble. It is a feeling. It has to it has to translate into your soul when you wear that shirt, when you're at that when you're using that product, when you're looking at the packaging. There was care, there was consideration. How does it make me feel? You know, cannabis helped my mother on her last days. You know, the products I used to make her feel comfortable. So I wanted to build a brand that women that in the day and day would, would reach for that and say, This made me feel good. The soft touch, the way the, the bottle felt and everything. And it was just it was beautiful. It looked like makeup. And when you when you seen it, you knew when you knew the, the result of the product. It's something I could depend on. It's consistent. And when building a brand, there's so much more than you know typography and hierarchy and information hierarchy and spacing and color and when building a brand bible. It is commitment to the service. And when you commit to that brand bible and you commit to how this looks across the board, you commit to the service. And building a brand is your heart and soul. And we talked about this about eight years ago in the office with another friend of yours. And I remember you saying. It has to be the heart and soul. And I've been the heart and soul behind every brand because I live and die for my brands. I live and die for the business I create. My name is behind that business. And my client has to leave feeling, working with Vince, working with Hubble, working with Balance is just different. They just care. They're there. They're there to support you. And I think that everybody meets me knows I may not be the front and center guy. I'm usually behind the scenes. I mean, now I'm front and center, but I show up. I show up for my business. If we do a workout together, I, you know, it, when when Tarzan came back and said this guy's just built different, that was the ultimate compliment for me. I'm not the biggest, I'm not the strongest, I'm not the most fit, but I don't give up, and I will be there. And that's the way I treat my business, and that's why I treat the brands. 
So Tarzan, you've been building up the Wild Jungle brand, W-Y-L-D. Wild Jungle is the ranch where we live. Obviously, eight acres out of the 26 is dedicated to the animal sanctuary. But you've been building Wild Jungle into merch, kids' toys, pet toys, and everything in between. Tell us about the passion behind the brand and what you're doing with it. Yeah, man. I mean, going back to belief, you know, with Dan, you know, I always had a, a idea, you know, and a belief I could make uh, Petco and PetSmart type of products for myself, for animals. You know, I could uh, make the best dog food, the best cat food, make some of the best merch, but like it looked like real animal merch, you know, or make a, the best anime, you know, through Wild Jungle or whatever, make the best animal park for my backyard, you know, but most people really wouldn't believe these crazy dreams and crazy ideas, you know, and uh, you go back to Dan and I looked through some of my old content from like 2016, 2017 and Dan's commented on that stuff. You know, he'd been believing in it, been seeing it, you know. I always believed in myself. When you tell people you want to be Tarzan, they're like, this guy's mentally delusional, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So uh, I've always had this uh, this undying faith and undying belief that I could do something really big in that space. And if I named it right and I believed in my ideas the right way and I worked tirelessly, endlessly, I'd be successful, you know. And uh, getting around the right people is, you know, how they always say you surround yourself with, you know, 10 losers, you're going to be the 11th. Yep. If you surround yourself with 11 successful business entrepreneurs or billionaires, you're down to be the 11th. You, you surround yourself with, you know, 10 hard workers or 10 shooters, you're going to be the 11th. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it's, um, I, you know, building this wild jungle brand, is, is, it's my baby since I was a baby. You know, I believed that I could do something the right way. I knew it wasn't going to happen overnight. And we're crushing it, you know, we're building it piece by piece, day by day, and uh, you don't give up on any of your brands or your businesses, but when you say, you know, Wild Jungle's gonna be the biggest brand I ever did, it feels it good, is. you know, and um, uh, I, I'm down I'm down to the death and after that, you know, you know. I know. All right, guys, last core topic is about charity. Why do you think, we'll start with Vince, why do you think it's important for people to be involved in charity, whether it's for their personal life, for their households, or for their business with their staff and their culture? Um, I think, you know, it really goes down to, to culture, and a lot of cultures are based off religion, you know, and, and, and every single religion, no matter what iteration, no matter who you follow, no matter which way you pray, you look up, there is an obligation to give back, and there's an obligation to give to the less fortunate. And that creates the, it's, that social divide that we're starting to create, it brings it back together. And you start to pull people up. And you have an obligation to give back no matter what it is. And when you, you know, not everybody's going to give back. You know, me and me and Dan call everybody. You know, it's like that, that episode of Entourage with Matt, Matt Damon. Damon. <laughs> He's like, answer the call. Yeah. You know, so write the, the check. Send the check. Send the check. <laughs> and I, I call people up. I'm like, listen, you're going to make a, you can, I'm going to give you a 10 extra return on your money. They're like, what? I'm like, it's called a God, a God note. They said, what's that? I said, Whatever you give me, I'm going to get you 10 times back. And they're like, wait, what? And they start to ask me. I'm like, just trust me. Just give and God will give you back. And, and if you don't believe in God, whoever you believe in, but the universe will give it back. And when you when your company starts to do it, everyone will complain. They have to show up on Saturday. They got to do this. But no matter what goes on, I mean, we've done 10 toy drives in 17 days. <laughs> We've wore the same pair of socks the whole time. Well, I mean, we had different pair of socks, but you know what I mean? <laughs> it's been a lot. A lot of shop, going to get new clothes because it wasn't a washing machine we bought. It was a lot of stress, missing flights, this, that, everything. You know, 
But ultimately, look how many people are going to have be able to give toys, how many smiles we put on people's face, how many single mothers out there that are struggling to work and, and we alleviated them of not being able to give the kids anything. Yep. And, and we give these people faith that somebody cares. And just like the faith that you gave me when I first met you, you get you had five minutes to meet me, then we ended up having dinner together. That changed my whole life. And that little piece of that little faith that you bestowed into me that, that you put into me is what we give people to believe it's not so bad. People care, you know, and, and we're from two different walks of life and we're so similar, you know, from totally different places. But so when someone walks in, they see me, this blue-eyed fucking guy that who knows, and his little Puerto Rican kid from wherever he's from, you know, and he feels like, oh, that guy, that guy cares, you know, and maybe the next guy cares and maybe, maybe people do care and, and life has kicked my ass. But they care, and then your staff sees, and they do it, and they start to do it, and this little bit of paying it forward, that's how important it is. And you start to spread that. Now you're spreading good. And if that's all you get out of life is the happiness from doing that, then you got a rewarding life. That's really, you're a successful person. And I believe that in my heart. My mother's name is Trina's kids, and my mom died. And, you know, they say you die once when the last breath leaves your lungs and you die the last time somebody says your name. And as long as I live, people will keep saying the name and she will live on with me. So, BJ, why do you think it's important for people to involve charity into their households or into their businesses? Um, Well, first and foremost, for selfish reasons. And that's for uh, dopamine and serotonin release in in yourself. You know, it makes you it makes you feel good to have helped other people, you know, and it, it's, uh, uh, you know, if you run a business, it's good for promotion of the business, but having that knowledge that you gave somebody hope and you made somebody happy, maybe somebody that was struggling, you know, there's a lot of families out there because of the state of our nation is a little, you know, it's a little wounded right now, sure. you know, so, so certain people can't afford to provide their kids with, uh, especially with your toy drive, it's helping a lot of people. And I love that. I love that. I subscribe to that. That's, that's awesome because people can't really afford to provide their children with the Christmas that they would like to provide them with. And, and you're helping a great deal with that. So, um, you know, to know that you gave back and, uh, and made the world a better place, it really makes you feel good that, that you've helped somebody else, you know, and, and I think charity is very, very important. And I'm, I'm very proud, uh, to be, you know, affiliated with this and one of your friends and, and all the people here, cause I know everyone here is, they're awesome people and they, you know, you guys love to give back and make the world a better place. And, uh, I, I identify with that, you know, I used to, uh, and I still do. I would buy like 40 pizzas, 40 or 50 pizzas and go down to like D street and owns and, yep. you know, it's gangland and, and go in, in Vegas and Northtown and go give pizzas away to like all the homeless people that are there. I would give, uh, a lot of my old clothes. Like I, I saw your post the other day about, you know, if it's been in there for two years, two long. years, it's too long, <laughs> yep. you know, give your, give your, uh, clothes away. And I love that. I, I do, I do that in, in Northtown Las Vegas. I will, uh, you know, feed the homeless once a year during Christmas, give away blankets, give away clothes and stuff like that. And I do it, you know, I do, it makes me feel really good, uh, to know that I've helped other people that are less fortunate and and i love that you're doing that with the toy drive all you guys and all your hard work i think that's awesome thank you tarzan well when i was growing up you know i, I would watch my, my my father and my grandma 
give homeless people 20 bucks, 10 bucks, 100 bucks sometimes, 50 bucks. And I always thought, like, why why are you giving them money? You know, this goes back to the religious thing, you know. And uh, they'd say, uh, those homeless people, they're angels. And God sent them down here to see how you treat them. And one day when you get to heaven, if you get to heaven, they're going to be judging you at the gate. I'm like, damn. So I always gave back a couple bucks when I had money. Even when I was broke or homeless, a guy come up to me and he's like, yo, you got some, or on the side of the highway or the side of the street. It's like, that guy's doing worse than me, you know? So I got 15 bucks. Here's five, buddy, wow. <laughs> you know? But, uh, but seeing that snowball effect over the years, it made me feel good just giving a couple bucks to someone I didn't know. Imagine giving help to an animal, something I really truly am built for and put on this earth for, you know, so we can go, you know, help a, a dog shelter, spay and neuter dogs, or randomly help someone that's got a dog and a dog's getting ready to die because they need surgery and they can't afford it. And you got a couple, you know, 800 bucks, like, here, just take it, you know, and I, I lost a dog. We lost dogs before. I don't want this person to lose a dog, you know, but it, it trickles down to, oh, these rhinoceros need help. Let's raise some money for our rhinoceros. And then God gives me a platform. So what am I going to do? Make money and travel and be selfish? Or do I go around and, and go to war for people that have charities that don't have a platform, that don't have exposure? And I give them all I got. You know, I, I round the troop, rally the troops up. I don't ask people for anything. No money, no nothing. Uh, these big celebs follow me. I'll send them a post like, yo, repost this on your story because mm -hmm. this charity needs help. You know, someone's killing rhinos in South Africa and you're black or you're from the Congo. Or you're from here. Share this shit. You know, I don't I don't I don't want nothing from you. I want you to help. You know, and the same thing. If people see you helping, see you caring, they might start doing it, too. Exactly. You know. All right, guys, this is a very special episode for the Money Mondays. It's important to have these discussions. Typically, I say it's important to talk about money within your household, with your friends, family and followers. Because we all grew up thinking it's rude to talk about money. All that is true. But also in this episode, it's important to protect your household. So important to get training. The reason that Vince reacted so well is he was studying and learning and watching for years. So in the moment, the worst moment possible, he was able to react and to be victorious in a situation that could have been tragic if those robbers opened that door. As BJ, he has proven what training is so important. His skill set has inspired millions of people to also go get training. So for yourself, get self-defense training, get gun training, get good at those skills because they are important for your life. Hopefully you never, ever, ever, ever have to use it. But in that moment, like what Vince went through, what BJ's been through, what Tarzan's been through, in those fight scenarios, you know what to do with yourself to protect yourself and your household. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Make sure to share it with your friends and family. And we'll see you guys next Monday.